Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's associate director and your host, Hamish Peary. Hello and welcome to this month's edition of the Travcast. The Travcast is our monthly writer's conversation where I get the chance to sit in the room with a writer and learn out what makes them tick. Or in this month's case, theatre makers. And I'm sitting in the room with two theatre makers, Ailey McCaskill and Fiona Manson. Ailey is a Glasgow-based performer and theatre maker and artistic director of Fish and Game. With Fish and Game, she's made over 40 productions. And Fiona is a theatre maker, performer and facilitator. She's worked with various companies around Scotland and the UK. Hello and welcome to you both. The first question I'd like to ask is what do you have in the room at the beginning? Because there isn't any script, well there's no words in this particular production. So what, from the moment of having the idea to going into the room to create the show, what do you have? It started off um, as a little walkabout scratch piece that we did in the Traverse Bar um, about three years ago at the, as part of the Imaginate Festival. So as part of the festival, they started having a family fringe day where people would be able to see little bits of performance before the main shows in the festival. So we were asked to do something um, and we were given the colour white. So somehow that worked out as we should be polar bears um, we should be lost. So we had a map, we had rucksacks and we're on some sort of adventure. So we used that time to develop the characters and then, um, yeah, and just interact with the very small children who were in the bar at that time. Um, and so from there, it's just developed over the past couple of years into a more, more of a walkabout performance and then turning it into an actual sit-down stage show. So we did something at the at Platform um, in Easter House. Um, and then last year, McRobert asked us to make it into a Christmas show for their Playhouse space. So going into the room to create this show that we have now, we already had the characters and we had um, the, the idea that they're off on a journey with their rucksacks um, and basically that anything could happen. So that was, that was where we started from, yeah. So you knew you knew the characters quite well by then because you'd been travelling around with them for quite a while. So, but you had no idea of what the journey would be. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think we knew we knew that there would probably be very classic, kind of adventure, orienteering style things. So that there would be quite elemental um, ideas because it's for such young children. It's got to be things that they can recognise. So. You're talking about water and trees and mountains um, and very simple things, but just sort of situations that they can get into so that there's space for for us to improvise with it or to generate kind of bits of business because it's very comedic and it's very based on how the two bears respond to this situation. Um, Two things that I wanted to pick up on. One was, is there going into rehearsals or when you're making it do you know it's a specific narrative structure that you know is going to work especially when you're aiming for people of this age 
Um, no, we went in with no narrative structure and we were quite keen to not have an uh, a story per se with a beginning, a very clear beginning, a middle and an end that ended in some specific hooray way, even though we do now have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we kind of more thought about it in the way of structure. We thought of terrain and we thought of transport and then we thought of the journey that the polar bears could go on used in those different terrains and using those different modes of transport that we liked best. And then it was kind of just how that journey can link up with those different things. And once you had those exciting journeys, was there a point where you did go, right, now we need to shape it into a beginning, a middle and end? Um, yeah, I think it's more that the arc is kind of is to do with the energies and the um, and the development for them i suppose it's i mean it's interesting for us because we're coming from um this sort of contemporary performance background and live art where we would be making work where it, the narrative is not as important as just what happens moment to moment and we found that actually that way of working works very well for young children because they're so in the moment and going, oh, look, here's this thing or here's this thing, and they can move very swiftly. So actually the story is not as important. We found that sometimes it was the parents who were feeling a little bit awkward if they didn't know what was happening next. Um, and in this show we now have, we've got um, this sort of, conceit of having a map so it looks like we know exactly where we're going so there's a journey but it's basically it's quite arbitrary to be honest so um but then it builds up at the end too yeah. we really um thought about what people had said to us um when we were doing our walkabouts of that they love the characters and that was the strongest thing about the polar bears and we didn't want to lose that when we were then creating a show yeah it's really exciting to talk about live art and about how they naturally fit together mm -hmm. um did you start in live art or did you start in young people's theatre? Where did you start, Ellie? Um, well, I did a course uh, a while back now, but I studied at Dartington College of Arts. Um, so very experimental work, very collaborative, um, kind of influenced by performance art and visual arts and, and music and everything kind of mixed together. Um, so I was always starting from this kind of contemporary performance point of view and it's only in the last few years that I've focused more on um, work for children. Um, I've, I'm now an associate artist with Imaginate and I think they've been really supportive um, of different kinds of work. So I suppose um, quite often the work that I've made for adults, it feels it's quite hard to find that audience or the support for it sometimes. I think because in Scotland we have such a strong kind of playwriting tradition, which is really great, but um, if you're making work that sits in another field, sometimes it's hard to find that space for it. But actually within the children's sector, there's um, a lot of support for different ways of making things, for devising, for more experimental work. Um, so I find that a really kind of rich way of, of working and being supported at the moment. You're still able to explore your desires and need as an artist, but while... Yeah, I think so. And I think the, the idea of creating it for this age group just opens up lots of uh, possibilities as well and kind of you can go pretty out there, I guess, with the children, so that's good. <laughs> because the, there's no limit, because as you said before, there isn't that constraint of, of structure and it's more about the experience. Yeah, the I, think, I think it's, the, it's like that sort of potential of this live moment with an audience and the performers and what can happen in that space so there's no it doesn't have to be you can break that fourth wall you can um 
mess things around in terms of timing you can um respond to the audience exactly yeah which is one of our favorite things brilliant and so do especially it's really very exciting to be on stage as two lead artists so does that mean that you do does the story change especially as it was a show that was all about changing if it was a walkabout production and now what you know is there a lot of that that goes on live i think the i think we've now refined this this piece um quite a lot so the structure is quite strong now it's quite robust but within that there is space for improvisation there's because there's no words in it the children quite often fill in the gaps so we pick something up and they say oh that's a cup or that's a bottle or this is what they're doing they tell the story and they tell they either tell that story to their ad the adults with them or they ask questions um so there's language kind of floating around um, everywhere and we can respond to that as well so quite often we'll acknowledge what they've said or we've had s performances where the children will tell us to do something and because we're used to improvising with each other we're able to then respond to that so they might say go in the house or something and we can do that and give it a shot um, and then respond to them so that's that's quite nice which we wouldn't if we were if we were directing it and asking actors to do that we might not ask them to do that kind of thing because it's quite a, a big deal to do but I think we've been performing together for such a long time that we can take that risk with it. You've been doing this show for since 2008 is that right? Yeah well yeah we've been performing as Polar Bears yeah since 2008. So is there a point would you ever pass it over to two to, to actors? Yeah, we've spoken about it. Fiona's looking Whoa. at me funny because she thinks I'm a total control freak and that I wouldn't <laughs> let anyone else do it. It's totally true. <laughs> um, but I think, I don't know, I think we'd be interested to see what um, what the potential would be if we were able to really see and kind of, um, to see it from the outside because that is the difficult thing mm -hmm. about being in it and making it, isn't it? And we're also really fortunate to have each other and that's kind of what makes it a lot of the time and that we work well together and um, we're really able to to, ha to have an openness and a fun in the show. So, yeah, it's quite special, I think. Oh, that's nice, Fiona. Um, I think also it's important to say that with although we're working on it together, the the other members of the creative team have really f um, filled in on that. So we've got Greg Sinclair who created the music for it um, and he was involved in the development as well. Um, and he's a, a performance maker and performer himself. So he knows about, about that as well. And Claire Halloran who designed the set, we had a lot of chat about that because we made the we made this piece for the set. It's quite an abstract um, setup. So there's just four big triangles that can then be turned into lots of different um, landscapes. So she was really involved in, in making the show as well. So they, yeah, there's lots of people who have come in on it um, and been able to help with that And when we were not able to see what we were doing ourselves. So they almost work as dramaturgs in a way, but in their, from, from, their own, from their own direction almost. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and would they, so things would be narratively... Uh, not na I, th I apologize for using the word narrative because it's, it's not, <laughs> as you've already explained to me, it's not relevant. But as far as from moment to moment, yeah. uh, Greg might bring something in, bring in a piece of music and you go, oh, and that might stimulate you to, to make a new moment specifically around that piece of music. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, uh, it's all the responses. So we, I think there's some music where we said, we 
had lots of pots and pans um, in one part and we have them on our bag and so we were thinking well can you make something with pots and pans then he brings in the music and then we respond to that within the piece um, and he just he's worked he's able to work really fast as well so we we redeveloped this um this version for touring and for being at the traverse um and we just we wanted a new piece of music where we'd be walking so he just immediately wanted to make something kind of based on prince's kiss actually so we've got that in it and that gives us a lot to work with <laughs> in this space and it's the same with the set um because we found it really some a lot of people might make the show then put it on the set but we felt we really needed to have the set in order to make the show and that was all because we needed that stimulus to respond to Mm. and we did and we really got lots of time to play with it and utilize it as much as we could so you spent a lot of time working with claire before the set was made to make sure it was because obviously that can influence you in a massive way isn't it yeah i mean that was the that was the starting um, framework I think for it we kind of just focused on what is this going to look like and what are we going to be able to um, play with and kind of devise so because it's because there's not text in it it's so visual so it's really important for that to be clear but also in in the realistic terms of trying to make a piece you've only got a certain amount of time to to make everything so we wanted something where we'd have lots of options and be able to work with it within i think it was three weeks that we made it originally so yeah it's amazing <laughs> do you i mean as artists what what are your outside influences in a particular mm. and not necessarily in the theater world especially suppose you as a live artist things that you feel you know yeah who are your big influences um that's a very good question um I think I think it's kind of everything. I think it's um like a lot of television stuff. I think when we're talking about making work for children as well, we're we're watching children's television and seeing right. what's going on um there. I think also um kind of research into children's development as well we're really interested in. So we're trying link in a kind of academic side of things into the work. So um it might not always be clear, but there's there's different elements that we bring in, like repetition or trying to um, we we pull a lot of things out of holes, basically, um, and that's that's through the the idea of um, schema, which is the um, different stages that children have to go through to kind of get to their next developmental stage. So there's lots of things like that that kind of influence the work. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you go and do a lot of research and then find out that the latest stuff that's important. And so, d- and obviously that changes per age of age group that you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We're kind of lucky because um, in Scotland there's such a rich um, amount of theatre for young people and the support that Ailey was talking about earlier. So we're able to go to conferences with, um, we're able to go to events run by Scott Starcatchers, Imaginate. We're I mean like able to hear people like Suzanne Zydek speak and talk about um, the the developmental side of of um, how you grow up. So that all is really helpful and helps you make a piece that's got more than just the fun in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a question: Do either of you two? What, what are your hobbies? Hmm, that's another good question. Um, I don't know. I think. Um, quite often every hobby that I'd like to do suddenly becomes part of the work and then you're like oh 
and now I have to put it into the work so you never actually have any spare time at all. Like bikes? Yeah, like bikes. So like I like cycling, but now that's... Then I made a piece about Victorian lady cyclists. So now every time I even think about bikes, it's like, oh, it's work now. So it's it's a hard life. It's a real trap, though, for an artist, isn't it? Especially one that is, is works in so many forms like yourselves. Yeah. But I suppose it's... I'm As I get older, I'm trying to kind of... Um, embrace that the fact that because sometimes I think you you think maybe I should be just sticking to one thing maybe I should call myself a director maybe I should um be following another path that someone else does um but um I, I think I'm getting used to the idea that the diversity of all the different kinds of work that I make really um it kind of feeds me to be able to make more work and also um is really interesting so yeah just keep going please don't stop okay I won't uh, here's one more now if you were to write a little envelope both of you have a, a small little brown bit of card and put it in a small bit of envelope and you've passed away and then in your <laughs> top pocket we pull this out and on it is a sentence that will is for theatre makers of the future for one <laughs> bit of advice what would that bit of advice be? Um, well that's very cheesy but <laughs> my question's cheesy no 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 I'm just joking it is cheesy <laughs> um, okay I'll go first then okay I'm going to go with uh, be playful. Brilliant. Oh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, God. I think it would be something about... Um, oh, what's that one that Got Island always talked about? To work towards complexity. Right. Wow. Yeah. That, that would be great to pull them both out, actually. That they work brilliantly yeah. together, don't they? But if we both die at the same time yeah. in some sort of polar bear-related <laughs> accident, <laughs> they'll be there. <laughs> uh, dear polar bears, yes. dear Fiona and Eddie, thank you both so much for giving me a wonderful 20 minutes. It was really great to have you. I know you've got to rush off and do a show. Yeah, so thank you, and please everyone come and see the show. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for having us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.